Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Sonia with Get to the Core Fitness out of Ohio. Sonia, what is going on? Happy Wednesday. How are you feeling today? Happy Wednesday. Feeling great. There we go. There we go. We appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on. And we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty here of what you have going on with Get to the Core Fitness. But first, let's take a step back and give the viewers a little perspective. So if you can, Sonia, in your own words, how would you describe Get to the Core Fitness and what you guys do? Get to the Core Fitness is a uh, very small, intimate studio. Um, Clients range from health circumstances and physical abilities. Some uh, are in like assistant living homes um, who need, you know, rehabilitation and maintenance programs and others who are overcoming like chronic diseases. Some who just want to maybe lose some weight or have like a sport that they want to get better in other, you know, tennis or they want to run faster um clients who either have had injuries surgeries or joint replacements have gone through rehab and now they're looking for the next step of how to function um out in the real world again and so they would come you know to get to the core fitness or even those who uh, are preparing for surgery um they would come to us first so yeah that's awesome that's awesome. I appreciate the explanation. I think it helps the viewers a lot. And I think, again, that's the biggest thing is that we, people want to pick and choose who they want to hear. And I think when they, people can either relate to you or want to be in your shoes eventually, this is going to be a good episode for them to check out. So uh, let's dive right into the basics here, Sonia. I mean, how many members are you serving currently? So I am going to go by how many hours I see clients a week. Um, it's just me, myself, and I at Get to the Core Fitness. Um like I said, it's it's a small, private, intimate studio. Um, so <clears throat> my clients are either one-on-one, two-person, or I do have a few uh, small trainings, group group trainings. So I will see clients between 30 and 35 hours a week. Nice, nice. Okay. And so let's say this. Uh, for the amount of clients you're at, I mean, what's been the best method of getting those new people through the door and interested to work with you? So, I mean, you hear it a lot. The best is probably word of mouth, but through the years, like I started out in 2004, um, but opened up my own gym, not till 2013. So I did a lot of different marketing Um, I've done it pretty much all like I've done, um, corporate fitness classes, community fitness classes. I've done the paid advertisements in magazines on, uh, pharmacy bags, um, on, uh, 
pizza boxes. So when someone opens a box of pizza, they see me on there. Really? <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Um, you know, gift baskets for fundraisers. I've been at races and marathons to um, health fairs, done lectures for small groups, you know, motivational speaker, uh, Facebook, YouTube videos, the website. I used to do a monthly newsletter for the community, uh, blogs for a radio station. Um, now though, just really focusing all of that into my clients and sharing that with my clients. And they give me the, the base I need for referrals and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. 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 I think when you've been in business as long as you have, I think it, it kind of, you kind of learn what works well for you and what does. And I think obviously word of mouth is a direct correlation to how good you are, what you deliver, right? Your fulfillment is good. People talk well about you. So right, I think right. that's inevitable, right? right. <laughs> At this point. But when you're starting out, like you don't have that, you don't that's have a, a lot point. of that. So. Exactly. Exactly. And I appreciate you sharing that. I think a lot of people have to understand that it's not going to come immediately, but over time it compounds. Correct. Yes, that's yes. for sure. Yes. And so now let's say this, Sonia, though, I mean, obviously you said about, 30, was it 32 or 35 hours you're doing about now? 35 hours seeing clients. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then obviously you have all your above and beyond your programming, your, your bills, your, you know, all, yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. It, it's definitely a, a lot more than 35 hours right, that right. you'll be doing, but let's say this, right. In correlation to the numbers of members, you know, let's say leads, traffic, clients, all these things were unlimited. I mean, hypothetically speaking, for us, how much more can you handle? I mean, I know you're a one-woman team here. How much higher could you go? I don't want to go much more. Um, I used to go beyond. Um, you know, used to think 40 was a great number um, and even plus that. And I did it and it about kills you. Yeah. Um, you can get burned out really easy. And I don't know through the years whether this is true or not. I you hear, I don't know if you've heard this, like trainers will burn out within five years, a lot of them. I don't know if that's true or not, but I could see why if you just keep yeah. pushing yourself to the limits and like not saying no. Yeah, that's very true. I think because you're in the, the business of helping people, right? And yeah. I think it's inevitable that you're going to want to help more people. And that essentially means devoting more time to more people, right? right. And I, right. it's as simple as that. Right. And so- I think it's pretty easy to get that burnout without, you know, a correct system or without having other trainers under you, right. whatever it may be. Right. So, but again, not saying that you can't, you know, deviate out or delegate it, of course, but that's totally up to you. Again, if, if you wanted to go that direction, right. I think that's the biggest question to ask right. yourself. It's like, Hey, what direction do I want to go? Right. So um, I, I, cho I chose to keep it small. I chose yeah. to keep it just a one man show. Um, I have a family, four kids, couple grandkids now, you know, a husband and, yeah for my lifestyle and being able to travel to see the kids and uh, have a couple in college yet, you know, and watching their sports that they play in college and stuff. Um, the, the, I don't want very, I don't want to work more hours than 30, 35. Yeah, and that's totally fine. Right. I think that's, that's, that's more than acceptable. I think that's okay. And so I want to ask this question to you, uh, Sonia, because I think, um, I'm curious because you are a one woman team and I like, trust me, I was a personal trainer for a very long time. And I know with 40 hours, right. You're, you're seeing a good amount of people. Right. And that's not even including like, like people who right. are on and off. Right. 
how do you manage tracking metrics, right? Let's say like how long someone's been with you, if they're, you know, their, their, uh, their package or however you, if there's a membership, whatever you do, they're getting ready to go up on their, on their cancellation phase, right? How do you track and understand where these people are in their journey with you? You know, how do you track those numbers? Um, because I have a very personal relationship with them. Um, I, my clients anymore, I mean, sure. When you start out, you're trying to figure out what type of client you want and all that. And so you have them come and you have them go, Mm -hmm. but the clients that I have now are pretty stable and, and they stay. I've had them for years. Um, and that's it. Yeah. That's not a problem though. I think that's fine. I think it goes again. It's when you really truly build a a community or or I like to say the third home, right? Where you have your job, your house, and then the gym, Mm -hmm. people are going to stay And retention. I I say retention is probably more important than getting new people through the door at this point, because you keep your clients longer. You can kind of calculate your income a little better than if you weren't being able to to track, you know, let's say like five people coming in and five people going right. out. If that was the case, then it's like, you're always going to be fluctuating, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and being like, um, my name gets the core fitness core to me stands mm-hmm. for mind, body, spirit. So I, like that. I am always trying to learn more and push myself. So I am trying to always do that with my clients. So there's always an area in your life. I feel that you can better. So yeah. I, that could be a reason why I retain them too, is because mm-hmm. we, we might meet one goal, but then there's always something you can do better or learn more or, you know, in another area in your life. So yeah. being not just a personal trainer, but a health coach, a wellness coach, you know, exercise specialist, <laughs> medical, you know, um, I, yeah, I can help in all those areas. I feel. Yeah. And, um, you know, I got two more questions for you here, Sonia. My two favorite questions, and I'm really curious to hear this one. What What's the bigger picture for you? I mean, what are you trying to accomplish long-term? I mean, obviously, it, you're at the point where you're you're happy with your growth, and you, and you can stay there. But what are you trying to do long-term? Are you looking to, you know, continue to generate? Are you looking to sell it? Are you looking to go a different direction, open a second location? What, what What's the bigger picture for you? Um, I... Again, like I said, I'm always wanting to learn myself and push, you know, push to be, uh, you should be uncomfortable. So (laughs) um, honestly, I think right now um, I would love to be able to help women, uh, like more women at one time. Not that that's all that I see in my gym. I just feel like um, from having a lot of women, you, they, you learn that they've like lost themselves through the years through, you know, because of their jobs, because of their family, uh, circumstances. So just to be able to maybe, uh, speak and share, um, with a bigger group of women at one time, whether that's with, you know, like retreats, who knows, maybe it's podcast. Um, (laughs) but to be able to give them hope and passion to find themselves again and give them little, you know, I'm always trying to give my clients like a lot of info that they can maybe find something that helps them more. Um, so different tools for a healthy lifestyle, 
you know, so maybe in yoga or maybe you need a counselor or, you know, maybe you need, um, uh, a doctor or a functional medicine person doctor, you know, mm-hmm. so just being able to reach a bigger group of women and share some tools for them. Yeah. So I think, um, well, number one, I love that idea. I think, uh, I think you're, you'd be a great advocate for women. I think you have a very strong personality. I think you're a great role model in a lot of things that you've accomplished, right? I think you, well, thank you. you have that 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 it factor where a lot of women want to be like you. And that's the honest truth, right? Oh. And I think it comes from experience, right? It comes from doing sure. what you're doing. Right. And I think um, that it'd be a, a big asset to your, to your brand and to the, the influence you have in your community, right? And whether that means more clients and building the, the community there or whether it means building a community on the online space, who knows? Right. Right. So I think that'd be great. I think that's a great idea, Sonia. And so we got one last question. I promise okay. you. that was a, good, a great answer. We, we would have been <laughs> a good place to end up there, but I got one more for you. And so this one is usually a, a, a tougher question. And so you can take it whichever direction you want. And I know I'm going to say one piece of advice here, but if you want to go off and say more, then totally, sure. you totally can. So, you know, Sonia, if you can go back in time here to when you first started the facility, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for you? Um, have confidence in yourself, uh, like believe in yourself. Uh, but also I think a big thing is to be able to set boundaries for yourself, healthy boundaries, like to be able to take care of yourself, but also to have the respect from others you know, so many times um, you have clients who pay you, so they think they own you, right? Good point. Good point. <laughs> and, and so they think you are on their time and your time doesn't really matter. And uh, so just setting those boundaries and respecting yourself, having that confidence in yourself to be able to then, if you can do that, then you'll reach the right type of client for that. Like I said, that was a mic drop of an answer there. Way to close it out there, Sonia. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, I mean, please shout out your Facebook, Instagram, website, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you and the gym? So uh, Facebook is Get to the Core Fitness. Um, My website is gettothecorefitness.com. There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Uh, if you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, Sonia, I just want to let you know how you can get the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. And then um, I'm just going to sign everybody else out over here. Okay. Thank awesome. you. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out. And our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. 
Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? This is Brooke here at the Gym Lords Podcast. Super excited for our guests today, Jamie and Karen from No Filter Fitness out of Fallon, Nevada. Welcome to the show, <laughs> ladies. How are you today? <laughs> We're good. Nevada. That, that was an awful for me. Uh, pronunciation of, of a couple of the states. Man, I just can't get it right. But nonetheless, excited for you guys to be here. Um, tell us a little bit of background, ladies. What was it that made you guys open up this fitness business? I get to go first. Cool. Okay. So I'm going to back way up to 2012 when Jamie and I were working at our normal day-to-day business or uh, jobs. I was doing dental hygiene and she was in the software industry. And we decided that we wanted to have a business together. And I had already been teaching fitness since 04. And Jamie was also getting started in teaching and we wanted to do something together and fitness was a natural fit. We quit our uh, secure, well-paying jobs and moved and opened a studio and about, it was about an hour away from where we live. So we moved to Reno and opened up our first studio in 2013 and had that for about two and a half years, almost three years. And um, after we closed that up, moved back home and started another one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, cool that you two like really followed through with, you know, starting a business together. A lot of people say, oh, this is something that we want to do. And then time just passes and they don't actually take action. So um, props to you two sisters for making it happen Um, and doing something completely different. Like I think that software and dental hygiene is very different than (laughs) being fitness studio owners, but um, it's cool that you guys um, found something completely different. Give us kind of your elevator pitch of No Filter Fitness, who you are now as the business currently stands, what services you provide. Just paint that picture for us. So No Filter came from a conversation I was having with a couple of my friends Mm -hmm. at lunch one day. They were comparing their bodies to pictures they saw on social media really putting themselves down, beautiful, beautiful women. And I said, okay, that's it. That's enough. I don't want to hear about this anymore. I'm going to show you what real looks like because everything you're looking at is fake. They're all edited and I'm going to prove it to you. And I I took a picture of myself, a full like body, um, no posing in my swimsuit picture and sent that to them and then sent them another picture of my after photo, quotes after photo that I took 20 minutes later with different clothing, better lighting and posing. And I said, well, check out my before and after. And I tricked them both. <laughs> I said, see, this is 20 minutes apart. And if you filter things and pose differently and have good lighting, you can, you can make your body look however you want it to look. So the whole idea behind no filter was to show the realness of the fitness industry, the real bodies, real goals, real fitness, real struggles, everything that's not being talked about really. So that's where the name came from um, that eventually developed into having a studio again uh, with my sister. And we started 
we took that idea and brought it to life in in a studio. I, I mean, yeah, which is boutique, boutique uh, fitness style. Yeah. Um, to be in person with people, you know, talking about these real issues and um, hopefully, you know, giving a space for people to come and feel uh, welcome and real. Yeah. So I love this because like fitness isn't always just about, you know, getting abs and like buff shoulders that look good in tank tops. Like that's not really necessarily (laughs) what it's about, right? It's about right. just feeling feeling better, um, moving better. And I think that that's really cool that you guys like make an emphasis on that side of things. Um, so is this all kind of in a group training environment? Uh, is it one-on-one? Kind of what different offerings do you have for your clients? Yeah, we have both. So it is a group fitness uh, primarily, but we, as Karen was talking with you about this a little bit earlier. Um, some people are super intimidated to come into that group setting right away. And so we wanted to provide one-on-one and buddy sessions for people to bring a friend of just them and us um, to get familiarized with what the, um, the classes consist of. And then they eventually start coming to the group classes. Okay. And is it just you two working in the business or do you guys have coaches that work for you? What does that look like? Yeah, we, we do. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> we we do. We have one other instructor. Uh, we have two technically. One that's kind of a, a sub, uh, mostly, and then another one who teaches our one of our five a.m. classes. And lucky us, we get to trade with her. So she's she's teaching for clothing. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's neat. Um, yeah. <laughs> a little swap ski there. Yeah. Um, okay, so. Uh, group fitness and how many classes are happening a day? Oh, we typically have one to two classes per day. Um, some of our days we have a free, um, but yeah, we try not to burn ourselves out since it is mostly or primarily Karen and I. Um, so we've tried to, you know, do one in the morning and one in the evening at least. And, um, yeah, one of the days we were both commuting to Reno for our um, day-to-day job because we do this, you know, as a side hustle right now. Um, so, you know, one of those days we were commuting, so we weren't able to do one of the days with any classes. Got it. So, um, kind of talk to us a little bit about the membership piece. This is a, this is a group studio. So I always think it's interesting for us to talk about like, what do the membership options look like? Do you guys do, is it per class? Do you have a monthly membership fee? kind of what um, options do you have available there? Yeah, we actually changed our business model this time around. So the first time we did the the first studio in, in 2013, it was our primary source of income. It was, we were, we were there, we were in it hundred percent. This time around, we just wanted to teach again. And we both were teaching, actually teaching TRX at a CrossFit studio, uh, renting a space from someone pre-pandemic and then once everything got shut down, people had to con- con- consolidate everything. We weren't able to teach there anymore. So we wanted to just find a space to teach. That's all we really were looking to do at the moment. And with that, we wanted to make sure that we did it this time to where we were always having a good time and enjoying it because it got to the point where we were running ourselves so ragged that we didn't love teaching anymore. It got to the point where we were 
it was a little bit more of a, of a job. So this time we agreed, we'll do this until we don't want to do it anymore. We'll do it on our terms and we'll make sure that we're happy first. And that way we can make everyone else that comes to our studio feel that energy. So we do um, a drop-in or pay per class um, with a pack, but we don't do memberships. And that's mostly just to make sure that we can offer, uh, I, I don't know, just to make it fair, I guess, because if like Jamie was gone on vacation for a little bit, and if I want to be on vacation at the same time and someone's paying a monthly membership, we didn't want to close the studio down and then have them not be able to use their membership. So that's why we, it's a long answer, but that's why we kept it as just the drop-in or per pack. I, mean, I think that that makes sense. The reason why you don't do a membership, it's primarily you too. And like your life does not revolve around this business. You're not going to let your life stop for no filter fitness. And that's important to have that balance. Um, have you guys ever considered like having somebody who works more in the business, like in the day-to-day -day of the business, or is it something that you guys just really kind of want it to be mostly you two, um, on your own terms? I mean, that's a good question. <laughs> I would say we probably go back and forth on that. But initially when we started this back up, we were, we were like literally doing it because we wanted to teach. Um, and it's just really been successful. And so I think now kind of reassessing things, we do need to look at that more closely. Um, Karen and I spend a lot of, the, of time in the business side of this. And, you know, we're, we're we try to, um, do as much as we can in terms of marketing and get, getting more people. Um, but I know that there is room for us to do a lot more and to grow the business if we really want to. So, yeah, we also live in a really small town where a lot of the traditional marketing um, campaigns and tactics don't work as well. We, <laughs> it's crazy how, how much we use Facebook and it's not even Facebook marketing. It's Facebook. There's a group just for our town that it's like what's happening in Fallon. And that's where we are getting a, a lot of new members. Mm -hmm. And it's just the, the demographic in this area is completely different than it was in Reno. Mm -hmm. So we're word of mouth is huge. And we have a space right on main street with huge windows so a lot of walk by traffic, which I know we can improve on a, on a couple of things. We have some ideas, but, but yeah, mainly we just wanted it to be us. We wanted it to just be our brand, our vision. We wanted to do exactly how we wanted it done because it's, you know, we care about it so much. And sometimes if you, if we have, um, I don't know, different, we bring different people in, it might change the vibe. I think that's what Karen's worried that's about. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that's always like a huge risk. Nobody is ever going to care about the business in the way that we, the owner of the business, the person who thought up the business does. Um, so that is definitely a little bit risky. But like with things right now, um, it, there becomes a certain point where you can't really grow anymore because you don't want it to consume your life. Um, so you're doing this realistically because you like to teach. Um my question to you guys is where do you see it going? Like, do you kind of want it to be a side hustle or is it something in the future that you guys would like to make more of uh, an upfront kind of thing in your lives? I would love for it to be more upfront, um, less of a side hustle for sure. 
just because we work so well together and we have yeah. so much fun doing all of this and we love our customers. We love our clientele. Um, we're super passionate about every aspect of the business. And so if we could make this a hundred percent, what we do, that would be amazing. Um, I don't, I'm speaking for Karen too, but <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of the opposite only because when we did it the first time, um, it was just me and I could just take care of only myself and I was super healthy. And since then, um, I now have really awesome insurance and a great job and I had cancer in 2020. So now I don't want to be without any of that. Now I'm nervous to be without any of that. So I also don't want to be too stressed because I, I think that's really unhealthy. Um, so I, <laughs> I'm like, I'm on the fence. I don't know. I'm a little nervous to go back to that, but, um, yeah, but I would still be doing the same amount right now. Even if, if Jamie wanted to take it over and kind of make it her full-time thing, I would still be around to, to support it, but I don't know that it could support both of us making it our full-time thing. Yeah. As of right now, for sure. Not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As of the way that things currently stand, but I do think that like, no matter how small your town is, like the endless for the, the opportunity for growth in the fitness industry is truly endless. We just have to push. Um, that's and true. that's a huge risk. <laughs> um, you lose out on a lot of those luxuries, like, you know, great insurance, great benefits when you become your own boss. Um, and so that is very, very scary. Um, so next question that I have for you ladies, we'll kind of come back to this a little bit further on, but what would you consider to be, you know, the biggest business related challenge that you've faced? Um, and what do you feel like you're doing or you've done to work on overcoming that? Put you on the spot there. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, one that comes to my mind right away is trying to cater to everyone. Yeah, that's That's a huge one uh, that we've dealt with a few times, actually. And you can never make everyone happy. And we had to learn that a couple different times. The first time, our first studio, we had, that's, I think, partly why we burned ourselves out a little bit is because everyone was always asking for things, uh, different classes, more classes, different times, all these different things. And we were just trying to make everyone happy. And you just, you just can't, we were trying to be everything to everyone. So I think now we've got that narrowed down quite a bit. And although we're still listening to our members were listening to the requests. We're also listening to the data and the data in our, and we're both, we both work for a data analytics software company. So we look at, we look at numbers and we see, okay, well, this class performed the best out of all of them. So let's keep this one, this one that everyone else is, or that, you know, two people are asking for just doesn't do that. Well, we just cannot do that. And we found that the, the squeaky wheel doesn't always come to class. <laughs> the, the ones who want all uh, different classes, different class times a lot tend to ask for them and then don't actually show up as much as the ones who just come to whatever. Yeah. Usually the ones who cause the most problems for our business are like, honestly, the most, this is going to sound mean, but the most irrelevant, like, 
Um, yeah. The ones who are always complaining, well, you don't have this or you don't have this or why did you get rid of this? Like they're the ones that end up canceling anyway, or they're the ones who only show up once every month. Yeah. Um, and so I always kind of take those things with a grain of salt, listen, um, listen to what the person has to say. And ultimately like you're the business owner at the end of the day, if they don't like it, there's another gym in the town that they can go to. Yeah. Um, and so that, say, that is, oh, really- sorry. yeah. And I don't know if you'd agree with, um, price point too, mm. is kind of, is a struggle sometimes. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah, because we are a boutique studio. We have, when we say group classes, we mean small group classes. So it's anywhere from you know, one person to 12. We usually max that out at 12. So it's very small. And so you get that really, you get the one-on-one training because we're able to cater to everyone's needs as far as modifications or anything like that, but also Mm -hmm. the energy of having more people in there. So to do that though, we need to make our price point worth it. And that was a a discussion that we had before we even opened that we have to value ourselves accordingly because we didn't do that the first time around. We wanted to cater to a bigger audience and we are not to toot our own horns, but we're really good at what we do. We're, we have a lot of experience and we're really good at it and it's worth what we're asking for. But I know that the sticker shock sometimes isn't, it, it defers people. So if they were to see our prices without experiencing it, I think that's, that's a huge business struggle that we have right now is like, as soon as they experience the ambiance and the care that we put into each class and the effort with music, with choreography, with everything that we do, with little touches at the end, we give everyone a cold scented towel at the end of class and you know, all these nice little touches, but it's hard to get that across with a, you know, an online post or someone walking by the gym. So they have to really get the experience to, to see the value. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Like we should never devalue yourselves. And I'm glad that that's something that you learned, like moving into the second location. Um, cause so many people think, okay, well, if I just lower my price points, like more people will come and you might get more people, but they're not going to be valuable people. They're going to be people that kind of come and go. And so it's better that we don't devalue ourselves and we make sure that the people who are going to use us like pay attention, right? And um, yeah. we, we want that people who pay, pay attention. So um, kind of figuring out that price point is a challenge. Now, you guys mentioned earlier on that you don't do memberships, that you kind of do a paper class or paper pack of classes. How do you guys project like your revenue month to month um, being that you don't do um, memberships? It's more difficult for sure. <laughs> so yeah, it, it is, that is a deterrent to that model. Um, we were just discussing that earlier. So um, we, we know our customers, we know which ones are going to be there next month. Um, so we have a little, you know, bit of insight with it being so small, we can kind of predict who's going to be buying a pack. Um, oh, they're almost up that so next month they're going to have to buy a pack so we can project a little bit there but I mean it really is it it's kind of tough right now 
Yeah, it is. It is tough. You know, I've talked to a lot of like Palladios, Palladios, (laughs) that would be fun if it was a Palladio and not a Palladio studio. Um, (laughs) I've talked to a lot of Palladio studios and they kind of do it similar to you. And, you know, being a small studio, it's important that we can project our revenue because we want to make sure that like, this isn't costing us money. We don't want to take away from any of the money that we, you know, make in our nine to five jobs and have to spend it on this business. We want to make sure that like our expenses for the business are covered, but it's hard to project that when we don't have guaranteed monthly revenue coming in and we kind of have to guess. Um Right now, how many, like, would you say active clients that are coming month after month are, are coming to the facility? Um, I was looking into that the last couple months and I would say, honestly, there's about 30 very consistent active customers coming per month. And that, um, and that's something that you're looking to grow by the sounds of it. Cause you said you were looking for like more consistency in the classes, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah we would like our classes to be much fuller than they are. Uh, and you know how it is with the business. It kind of goes up and down depending on seasonality and um, a, a lot of different aspects there. But uh, we would like to be able to, yeah, get those classes a bit fuller. Yeah, that's the hardest part in this industry is just how do we get them in the front door? I know that I've struggled with it. And <laughs> 90% of the people that I have talked to have also struggled with that. You guys mentioned Facebook groups being a big um, factor, a big thing that you use to get people in the front door and also word of mouth. Have there been any other methods that have been effective or any other methods that you're looking to use to help you grow? Yeah. Yeah. I am. I love marketing. I love the creative part of that. That's my thing. So we did a few that were really helpful at our first studio. So we brought those over um, we're going to actually launch one next month. I don't know. Have you ever heard of Halloween season being booed where someone does like a ding dong ditch, right? So we took that idea at our previous and our, our studio before was called the lean lemon. So we made everything lemon ish. (laughs) So we called it a lemon drop, but with this one, we're just going to take the being booed name and we're going to have, we have a little, um, gym bag with our logo and then a little ticket on it that says you've been booed, come to come to a free class. And so it'll be a free class for whoever they give it to. Um, but the person doing the, the booing and <laughs> dropping it off is going to be a member and they'll have their own little coupon code. So for every person who comes in using their code, they'll get entered in a raffle to win wine or free classes or whatever we decide. And that one was one of our biggest lead generating campaigns that we ever did at the previous ones. We're hoping it'll be the same. Also, anytime we mention the word contest, people just love it. So we did an attendance contest in July because that's one of historically one of the worst months in fitness is when people are out doing things for the summer. So we did that and that spiked our numbers like crazy. And because we're a pack uh, paper class business that helped our, our numbers because then they had to buy more. So if it was a membership base, it wouldn't be as helpful, of course, but. Yeah, those are two of the biggest ones. Very creative. 
um, the idea, the, the booing idea. <laughs> um, and it's neat how you're getting one of your members involved in doing it as well. Um, that way, you know, you're not spending a ton of time doing this yourself. Uh, cause you know, being a business owner, time is super valuable and there's only like 12 hours in a day that we're, you know, awake, alert, doing things. Um, so my next question for you ladies is magic wand situation. I can hand you a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals for the business had come true. Um, talk to me about what that picture would look like, even if it is a little bit different for, for both of you. Oh gosh. A good question. I th I think mainly what we've I don't know. Let me think on that for just a second. Okay, I'll just start throwing okay. things out of it. These are my <laughs> these are my dreams. Yeah, my fantasy magic wand dreams. <laughs> um, I would like to expand, make it a bigger space, so that we have the space for retail is a little bit more secluded, um, off to the side have its own area, maybe a little fitting room because right now we have it kind of incorporated with everything else. I'd like to have the TRX space, but also have a space for um, personal training. Then we can have both at the same time. I think that's always a really good idea. And then I, and yeah, more equipment. Open gym. So we do an open gym style class as well. So yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so that would be nice. I absolutely love boxing. I love teaching boxing. And we finally have one heavy bag at the studio. So to have just an area for boxing would be cool with some extra heavy bags. Um, I'm certified to teach spin, but I don't, it's not my favorite. I, I thought about having spin because we don't really have a, a spin studio, but I don't think that's, that's not really a magic wand thing. I actually don't like it that much, <laughs> but I know people love it. So fine people. <laughs> Yeah. So we'll go with what Brooke said and like get some other people in the business. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> Teach it. Yeah. So maybe that. And then really expand on our virtual. So no filter started as a virtual thing before before it was cool, before pandemic times. I was doing everything virtually. And we had talked about making that part of the, the business model as well. So it would be cool to expand that way. We toyed with that idea for the yeah, the last couple of months actually, and we ran into some software um, issues, so we haven't <laughs> pushed through that yet. But eventually, when we do, that will be something I think that will really help us grow. Mm, yeah, I feel, like, I feel like your magic wand would be on the retail side. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think um, I've seen success on the retail side, and I love making people happy with buying a new outfit and feeling good about themselves. Yeah. Um, so that that to me is really a fun part of the job. I love talking to people about fitness clothing, clothing, and um, you know, just seeing what I can sell and seeing what people are interested in buying and you know, yeah. doing the buying aspect of it. So yeah, the retail side would be really cool if we could get that going even more. Um, and yeah, I don't know. We just like to make people happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And feel good feel about good themselves about and confident and yeah, and just feel good when you have good workout clothes. We've turned <laughs> around with like that wellness concept because that's kind of where we are mentally with the studio um with the no filter side it's like we want people to 
come and have it as a stress reliever, We're not necessarily focus on, you know, changing the body type or, or whatever. Right. And so, and interested in helping people feel better and happy. Yeah. Mentally, physically, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. It really sounds like you ladies are just in a position where you want to be able to continue to expand upon what you already have created and you've created the brand. You just want to be able to offer more um, for, for your members, for the people out there who might not be a member yet, but maybe they will be one day. Um, I, I love that idea. And so where does your focus need to lie right now to make all of that, not necessarily a magic wand, but something that actually happens um, for the both of you? I think we need to be more consistent in, um, in figuring out what that vision looks like, right? And really uh, mapping out what we want to do this month, next month, next year. Um, we, we do meet often to talk about the different things that we want to do, but we have to, I think, you know, really make... <laughs> a vision board or something to that effect, right? To where we can look at that every single day and go, okay, cool, what's what's next and where do we want to be? Mm -hmm. um, and then I think we can, I, I, think, I think we can make it happen if we wanted to. It's just being consistent in that and, you know, finding the time to make sure that we're, we're constantly working at it. Yeah, consistency is key. I know that's like really cheesy, but that's yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah, and if we want any of these things to ever become a reality, we really do just need to focus on like creating that goal and figuring out, you know, a roadmap to help us get there. Um, what is the Instagram, the Facebook, where can our listeners go if they want to follow no filter fitness online? <laughs> um, yeah, Facebook is no filter fitness NV as in Nevada, it's NV. And then Instagram is no underscore filter underscore fitness underscore NB. Perfect. Well, thank you ladies for being here. Jamie, Karen, it was a pleasure. Listeners, thank oh. you for tuning in. Don't forget guys, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill the link in the description. We will be in touch with you. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today are two special guests, a duo, DJ and Dave with Tribuco Fitness out of New York. What is going on, folks? How are you guys doing today? 
Good. Real good. Doing real good. Yep. There we go. Every day is a good day. We're excited to have you on. And, you know, we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty here of what you have going on with Tribuco Fitness. But first, let's take a step back and give the viewers some perspective. So if you can, in your own words, how would you describe Tribuco Fitness and what you guys do? Okay. Um, well, I started it in 2005. Um, before that, I was actually a glass artist, which really kind of a different change. Um, my father is a glass artist. So, um, <clears throat> I worked with my dad for about almost 20 years. And, um, so I kind of grew up as an artist. I mean, that was like more of my background. Um, but training has always been like the thing I was really passionate about and really loved. So, um, I used to joke with my wife all the time. I was like, I'm an artist and all I do is study anatomy and read, you know, books on, you know, like anything I could get that was medical, I would read it. And um, so I remember the one day I said to her, like, I don't know what I'm going to do with all this information because I just kind of keep compiling it, you know. Um, and so that went for, like I said, probably close to 20 years. And then um, at one point, I just had somebody come to me and say that they, um, you know, they knew that I was into it and they knew I've, you know, studied it and everything. And uh, it was a woman. She didn't want to go to a gym because she was uncomfortable. Um, <clears throat> and I had a gym set up at my house in the basement. But when I built the house, I actually built it around the gym. So I had full size windows in the basement. I had a separate entrance going down there and I had a whole gym set up. And um, so I started training her and I just trained her before work. So she'd come in, we'd do her session, and then she'd leave and I'd go to work. Um, and then a short period of time after that, a couple of people found out about it. So they asked me. So then instead of going like three days a week, now, you know, it was six days a week. Um, and then I started having people wanting to do it after work. So then I was training people in the morning, going to work, and then coming home and training people. And <clears throat> I did that for... I don't know, maybe about six months to about a year. And then in 2006, I, uh, I just talked to my father about it. And I said, you know, I'm going to take some time off from work. Um, but I didn't want to leave them high and dry. So I kind of everything I did in the business, I kind of stockpiled, got it all ready and stuff. So, you know, it wouldn't be like a huge transition for me to be gone for a period of time. But within literally a month i was full-time and it was all word of mouth i didn't do any advertisement i didn't um i just was training people and i just kept filling up and so um it was kind of inevitable at that point it didn't really make sense to go back to what i was doing um, i loved it but the training really was my thing and so i um i just went into it full-time and like I said, within a really short period of time, I was probably doing, on average, about 50 appointments a week, you know, one hour wow. appointments. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was packed. Yeah, you know? especially and with the one-man team. Yeah, I was <laughs> a one-man team and I was in my basement. So I wow. was cranking. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, great origin story there. I appreciate you sharing that there, Dave. And so I think uh, I think let's kind of dive right into like the, the bare bones basics here. Let's start with, with something as simple as... How many clients are you guys serving currently? 
Uh, currently, probably, well, I don't normally count, which is terrible because we really probably should pay attention to that. Um, we usually just do it by appointments. So um, there's three trainers right now. So there's myself, DJ, and Andre. And um, we all average about 40 appointments a week right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I so 40 one-hour things. We do some half hours. So, you know, but we count like two half hours is an hour. Gotcha. You know, okay. You know, so, yeah, I, I, I got you. Clients. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a, a good number to be at here. And so, you know, I think every gym's totally different. And so kind of curious for you guys, I mean, how do you, or what's been the best method of getting new people through the door? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I was literally all word of mouth. Um, I didn't really, um, I didn't do any advertisement. You know, I've had, like newspapers and, um, you know, like we have a, a magazine local that's like a business magazine that's come out and interviewed me and stuff over the years and done articles and different things. But um, most of it is always been word of mouth. And I think the reason it worked for us was um, because we found a different niche. So everybody does something different and the gyms. So, you know, like CrossFit, is got its niche and um, group training, you know, that's a niche. There's all these different things. For us, it's always been like really early on because I really studied the anatomy and, and did a lot more medical background and stuff. Yeah. Um, really early on, a lot of the people I got were people that had medical issues. So <clears throat> if somebody came in and had like a really severe back, issues um you know i was working with them and then if somebody had ms i was working with them if they had parkinson's i was working with them so i had all these different things and i kind of built my own little niche in that where it's a lot of people that aren't maybe necessarily going to go to a gym or even maybe comfortable with that idea but because it's one-on-one -on -one and you know it's more private and stuff um and I have enough background to kind of, you know, deal with those different issues. Um, that's kind of how it built up was really from there. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think that's definitely a, a direct correlation to your fulfillment, right? I think that's super important though. When, when you are able to provide a good service in turn, it, it pays dividends, which is obviously referrals in this case. Yeah. And so, you guys are at that like you know 100 mark here at that guesstimate and then say this let's say leads traffic clients all these things about let's say let's say it's unlimited right hypothetically of course yeah, yeah how much higher do you think you guys could go from that 100 mark oh you want to? so yeah i would say for the, so our facility is uh is probably that would be the limiting factor like the facility and the trainers so we don't have a lot more capacity just with the three of us. We'd have to bring in uh, another trainer. Um, and I would say our gym area is about 4,000 square feet. Uh, okay. So we'd probably, you know, with the three of us, it's real comfortable. Four people, like four trainers full-time, I think would be pretty good. Um, five, I think would probably be our max for the current facility. Like after that, I think it'd be hard because then 
when somebody's paying for you to be there, you know, one-on-one, you can't be waiting for equipment and yeah, stuff. So, very true. so I think we'd probably be somewhere around that five trainer mark would be our, our max for the facility, the way it is now. So that'd be, be, be yeah, 160 or 150 to 160 people. I think would probably yeah. be. Yeah. That'd be about like our, yeah. Yeah, so I get like fifty percent increase there. Give you a background. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. Yeah. If you want, you get a little background. It might help to kind of see what we're doing because it's it's not that we're way different than everybody. um, Yeah. But you know, a lot of your viewers are listening same way I listen to it because we're we're all kind of getting different ideas from each other. You know, you know what this person's doing, and you know, and then you find out like marketing there's certain strategies that work better and stuff. And um, like I said, because we did medical more, I mean, that was more of what we concentrated on. Um, You build a different kind of clientele. So in that clientele, there's a lot more loyalty. So, you know, I have a lot of trainers that have been training or a lot of people that clients that have been training for, for 15 years you know, and they're steady. So um, it's kind of allowed us to build a business because that's one of the hardest things is no matter how enthusiastic you are and how much you love it, it's hard to have a business if you don't have steady income. So um, a lot of that kind of came from the fact that we just, um, because of the things that we're doing that it's a little bit more unique, um, our retention's really high. Um, But then we also kind of put a lot more into it. So, um, you know, I gave you a little history of my background, but then I'll DJ give you a, a little history of his background and then I'll kind of tell you about the facility. So, yeah. So I, uh, I started doing it actually. Um, I was a math major um, and I was planning to go to teaching, but then one of our trainers quit. So I filled in for the trainer and really liked it. So I ended up just sticking around. Um, and then over time, I enjoyed it more and more. So then I decided I wanted, I was considering going into something uh, to deal with more of the medical conditions uh, stuff. So I went back to school, got some prereqs. Uh, I went and I did two years of med school um, locally. And just kind of found that the, you know, going down the path of becoming an MD, you're dealing more with uh, kind of reactionary circumstances. You know, somebody's already sick, something's already bad. You're not really preventing much. Um, and I, I just didn't like that and find it to be a good fit. So that after the second year, like the preclinical stuff, I decided, well, I don't think this is going to be a real good fit lifestyle wise and, and what I'm going to be doing. So I, went back in with the training uh, a few years ago and having that background, we've been able to really focus on medical conditions because I have a lot more medical background. Yeah. So that kind of helped. And then his, when he was in medical school, he was doing, um, he was working with a couple local orthopedics um, where he could go in and, you know, and watch the surgeries and stuff. So he was involved in a lot of, you know, back surgeries and different orthopedic surgeries where he was just there standing right next to the doctor and seeing how everything is done and stuff. So it definitely helps us 
with the, you know, like recovery aspects. If somebody has knee surgery, hip surgery, back surgery, um, because obviously like DJ actually saw it and it was there. So not just reading about it, which was fun for me because I would watch videos any, you know, anywhere I could find one or I would read, you know, different books on it and stuff like that. But he actually was in there seeing it. So that really helped a lot. Um, and then my daughter went back. Um, she did, was doing the same thing. She was training. And, um, and then she went to school for uh, massage. And because of the background of the training, and that was the interesting part, because like DJ was saying, he went in with the thought process of like a trainer and also kind of the, you know, how do you build a light, healthy lifestyle so that you can prevent to the best of your ability, you know, different things um, that can go wrong. But Sammy went into the same thing with, when she went into massage, she went in with a really good understanding of the anatomy and, um, and, a, and a really good understanding of how the body functions and how you stabilize joints through strength and different things. Um, so when she had that perspective, when she went into the school for massage, um, and she did really great, like she was top of her class and, um, you know, and so when she came out, she had, I think a little bit more than what you would normally do because she kind of knew why she was doing it, you know, and I think that's one of the biggest things is, um, But knowing how to apply it, I think is really a big thing. You know, like you got to know, you know, what techniques you're using for what reason, what form of training you're using. So we have a gym that our equipment, like DJ said, it's like 4,000 square feet. But in our facility, you know, we have different like machines and different things for, you know, like if you have somebody that's older or something like that, um, that you know, we make sure like the seats are comfortable. It's easy to get in and out of them. Cause you know how like some leg presses, no, I, they're just, you, you know, if somebody's 75 years old or 80 years old, they can't get in the leg press. So we have one that you can actually walk into and sit down. Um, that's wow, more yeah. right. And so we did all that stuff. Well, on that too, DJ um, is really big into um, building stuff. He's always been like that um, since he was a kid. So we have a full like machine shop in the back of the gym. We actually make some of our own equipment too. So we design equipment that works for wow. what our needs are and we make the equipment. Um, so we have a whole bunch of machines out there that have either we made them or we altered them so much you couldn't even recognize them um, so that they work for specific purposes for some of the stuff we need to do. So, um, so I think over the years it's gone good because, because we put a lot of effort into building a team where everybody has like a purpose. Everybody has a purpose and everybody's doing their job. Um, and we all kind of can offer something slightly different, you know, yeah. to it. So no, that's awesome. That's awesome. I appreciate the background there. And so, I like to ask this question. It's going to be a little bit of a longer winded question, but a good question in itself. So if you need me to repeat anything, by all means, just let me know, but sure. it's uh, definitely, it's going to serve us well in this conversation. So, you know, uh, in the fitness and gym world, what we've been discussing 
in these last few minutes here on this podcast have been the three pillars of business we use most prominently. And that's going to be one, which is your lead generation, right? Getting people through the door. Two, your acquisition, getting somebody from being an interested client to a paying client. And then number three, which is your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, where do you guys feel like you could improve the most? Um, probably the first one, because the, our retention is, our retention is probably the reason we don't really pay attention to the, the earlier ones because we have really strong retention. We put a lot of effort into that. We really try to service everybody to the maximum. So that's why I said like in the facility we have, um, I don't want this to sound like a commercial cause it's not, not I, I just want everybody to understand how we're really doing it. Um, you, we have a massage, obviously, like I was talking about with my daughter. Um, we do, you know, the diet, the exercise, um, and then we even have a chiropractor. There's uh, one of my trainers that was like one of my head guys that was really, really good. I had for years um, decided to go back to school for, for chiropractic. And so I stayed in touch. He went down to Virginia or down to Georgia for school, but we stayed in touch the whole time he was in school for the, you know, four or five years he was down there. And um, I was, when he graduated, I was changing my facility. So I was right down the street and um, I was running that building. And I had one of my clients was retiring and selling their building. So I found out about it before it went out for sale. And um, I came down and liked it. And we kind of saw a lot of potential in it because it was about twice the size. It was, um, we had 3000 down the street. And this building is 6,000 square feet. Um, so because we had some background in construction and different things, um, we took the building over, we gutted it right down to studs, and then reframed it, rebuilt it. And so it's like a brand new building. But right before I did that, I called Andy, who was my, was my trainer, and uh, he was graduating that year. Um, so we talked about it and I said, well, if you want to come back to Buffalo, um, you know, I'll put a, I'll put a facility right in the gym. I'll set up a whole chiropractic office. So I did some drawings, sent them down to him, you know, and uh, he looked at it and stuff and, you know, liked the idea. So we, when we framed in the building, we put, you know, a thousand square feet of chiropractic on one side. And then on the other side, we have a couple of massage rooms. And then the office that we're in right now talking, we do the consultations. And then I have a guy that does counseling. Um, so if people need, you know, and it's everything from, um, you know, marital counseling to, um, he really specializes in like young kids and stuff too. So we have that too. So we kind of try to build a facility that offers a lot of different things. So when somebody comes here, we can kind of handle all the issues that they're dealing with, which is why I think the retention is so high, you know, because we kind of try to do as much as we can for everybody, you know, but the intention was really to, to do that. I mean, we really wanted to help 
you want to make a difference in somebody's life. And so you just try to figure out as many different aspects. And I've been fortunate over the years to have built enough relationships with, you know, a few people around that had that same belief system and wanted to do the same thing. So, yeah, you know, I think that's why it worked. So I, you know, if we wanted to grow bigger, faster, we would absolutely have to probably spend a little bit more time with the idea of, you know, how to get more people in and stuff. Um, I think I struggle with it the same as most trainers. It's the hard part of um, the balance. Like, you know, I've worked at 50 appointments a week for years. Um, so that, you know, at one point I was like 50 plus um, when I took somebody on so that I could give them a certain amount of clients and then try to rebuild it back up again. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things I think everybody struggles with is um, how do you build it in a way that you feel like you're still servicing everybody that is coming in? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think personal a training is a little different than group stuff. Yeah, no, it yeah. definitely is, Dave. And I think I, I agree with you hundred percent within the sense where also, I mean, look, you're, you're a, a, a fitness professional who's in the business of helping people, right? You're not a marketing professional and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. I think a lot yeah. of, a lot of gym owners and personal trainers can relate to that. So, um, and I think it's just identifying the fact that you even, and that what I want to say, I want to say, I thank you for the honesty and transparency, because the fact that you can still admit that you can improve there regardless of success, right. Yeah. Is a bigger thing here as well. So I think it's a definitely a perspective shift for a lot of the viewers. Yeah. I've got, I've got two more questions for you guys. Two more, my two favorite questions of the day. And I'm curious to see your guys answer. I think I wonder if, uh, they're going to be the same or they're going to be different. Cause it could be two different opinions on here. So Let's see if you guys are on the same page. So the first one's going to be, what's the overarching goal, the bigger picture for the both of you, for the business, of course, what do you guys try to accomplish long-term? Let's say five, 10 years down the road. Okay. I'll let DJ go first. The, from a business structure standpoint or? Uh, yeah, not personally. So I mean, cause I mean, <laughs> I would love to hear your goals personally too, but yeah, I'd yeah. say for, for like for Tribuco Fitness, I'm sorry, I should have specified that. Yeah. yeah. So I think the goal would be um, really to try to figure out what, where the, the biggest need is, um, especially now too, because things have changed um, now that we're kind of coming out of being, having things shut down and um, definitely seeing the effect on the kids that we train having been isolated for a while. Um, so trying to figure out what kind of makes the biggest impact. Um, we want to, So I'd like to, you know, if we can get ideally another trainer in at some point, um, just to kind of have a little bit more capacity to bring on some more clients um, and grow a little bit, a little bit bigger um, and just solidify our numbers. So, you know, we have a kind of a nice stable base, uh, but I would say not probably no drastic changes uh, because I feel like we're pretty, pretty comfortable with the way things have been going. So just kind of make everything as solid as, as we can. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, um, uh, I'd probably get the kids to have more grandchildren. That's <laughs> 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 a personal one in there. <laughs> um, but then I would probably say, 
you know, I, you know, I didn't really think about it the way DJ said, but I'd have to agree with it. Um, he probably is a little more sensitive to it. You know, it is based off um, with the younger kids. Um, I, th I think that's a, I think that's a market. We, we've been noticing that a late, just probably more recently that we're getting some younger kids where parents are coming in and they want their kids to come in. I've always had that in the past, um, but for different reasons. So, you know, if a kid's really insecure or there's different things that are going on, you know, a parent will bring them in to, you know, help them build some confidence and stuff sure. like that. Um, but um, I think that is probably an avenue that's out there to, is to kind of be able to build an environment where you can get like a really positive environment going so that um, you can bring in those young kids and, and um, help them kind of work through some of the stuff that they are. Because there's so many crazy messages today and everybody's all over the place, you know, and everything's really divided. Um, I've really tried to spend a lot of, like, I, you know, we have a lot of time with people. Um, you know, I'm always trying to talk to people about being in the middle, <laughs> you know, don't go yeah. too extreme in anything. Um, you know, and then try to remember that we're living in a, we're living in a community. And so we want to, we want to all do the most we can for the community. We want to all be out there find our part of what we can do to make a difference and be helpful and be positive and really help build your community, you know? And I, I think we, I think it's really important, you know? And so if we can get young kids to understand that and kind of feel like they're important and they're part of the community and they have to find their place too. I, yeah. I think that would be a, I think that's actually was a great idea. That's really probably something that, I don't know if I really paid attention to, so might have just created something good on air. Yeah, right here. yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Got you thinking a little bit. So, yeah. a great answer there, Dave. I'll tell you what, that was a mic drop of an answer. But got one more question for you guys, sure. and this is the the deeper question, if you will. So, this one I'm really curious to see your responses on. So, um, I know there's obviously two totally different time frames here, so it's definitely going to be a different answer. But just kind of want to see if it's a, the same direction or not. So. Whoever wants to go first, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll you know, if it froze on our end when you oh, asked the question. Sorry, I didn't ask anything yet. Sorry. I was oh, gonna okay, say, okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was gonna say I was gonna, I was gonna throw it at DJ first. I was gonna let him go first on this one, just because sure. okay. uh, it's about going back in time here. So if you guys can go back in time here to when you first started the gym or first joined on the team here, in your case, DJ, yeah. and, and sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for you? Oh, that is a tough question. Um, I would say probably the thing that would be the most helpful, because um, when, I, when I first started, I would say there was, there's definitely a lot of, um, I don't want to say, maybe stress isn't the right word, but kind of there's like financial pressure, you know, cause you're just getting started. And I had started right when I got married. So my wife was still in school and trying to like balance everything. Um, I would say I found that if, 
if you put a focus on the difference you're making from a day-to-day standpoint, you help alleviate that stress. Like it really takes the pressure off. So instead of spending too much time thinking big picture, like what, you know, where am I going in five years? And is what I'm doing right now going to get me there? Um, I found that to be a little bit more overwhelming. Like I, I, you want to have long-term goals, obviously, um, but from a day-to-day standpoint, really focusing on, you know, I'm going to build the business by offering a really good service and making a difference, but you don't, you do that one step at a time. So what I try to do is every, every time I, I start my client, my goal is whatever point they're at in that day, whether they're having a good day or a really bad day, or just an all right day. You know, sometimes they come in and they lost, you know, lost a loved one, or something bad's going on at work. Um, if they leave feeling a little bit better than they came in, then you, ha- you offered something positive. And I found that seems to be the most effective for retention um, and really making a difference because then, you know, when people come to you, you build that pattern pattern of like every time they come in, it's a positive experience. They left feeling a little bit better, makes them want to come back again. And, and you're actually making an impact. So that would probably be just staying focused on that idea and, you know, and allowing that to kind of permeate into So, you know, put a lot of effort into, you know, even when I'm not at work, if I can think of something that will help contribute to that, whether it's something I'm going to learn or, you know, a story I can share, I try to kind of accumulate all of that and integrate it. Heck of an answer. Dave, can you top that, Dave? I don't know. No, I can't. (laughs) I definitely can't top that. And this one will be, this is going to be totally different. I, um, I agree with them a hundred percent. I think that's, Actually, what's gotten me through the whole time is because I've always had that focus. Um, I think that most people in this field, it comes natural to them to have that focus. Because I think that's why we all get into it. I mean, we all get into it because we really want to help people. And over time, you figure out different ways to help them. So the training and losing weight and doing all that stuff, I mean, that's the obvious stuff. the relationships and the ability to motivate people in a different level is a little bit different. So like, I'll give you an example. So if I have somebody come in, um, like I have a woman come in, she had breast cancer and she's going through the treatment. Okay. Well, one is you're going to have to have the knowledge and stuff of knowing how to train around it and you know, what they're dealing with and whether they're getting radiation or they're getting, you know, um, chemotherapy or something like that. It's all going to be slightly different on how you're training them and what you're doing with them and what your goals are at the time. But at some point, the goals start to change. If they get through it, now it's to get them to, to, to get the, the idea that something really went wrong with their body. And it's a really emotionally hard thing to deal with because it's like everything was working and then it went really bad. And so to get them to start believing that they can be healthy again and they can be strong again and can do all those things is um, a really strong focus that we have. Is to, So a lot of times 
I start steering them into kind of more of a powerlifting type feel of their training so that they can actually start tracking and seeing that, you know, I lifted 50 pounds. Now I'm lifting hundred pounds. Now I lift 150. Um, it builds a lot of confidence in them that they can actually do something in a positive way, you know? So I've had that focus the whole time. And I think that kind of came natural for me. Um, so to answer your question, this is going to sound totally opposite. Um, I think I would have early on raised my prices more consistently. And if I was to talk to any other trainers, that would be my advice. I had a really good friend of mine who was a trainer, um, way, way before I that was what he told me really early on and he used to tease me about it because he's like i know you won't because you because i want to make it affordable and i want everybody to be able to do it yeah. so i was always very conscious of that and um but he's like dave you got to factor yourself in and that didn't come as natural and um so i would say the funny part of this business is you have to be balanced you know you 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 should 100% be focused on the client and do as much as you possibly can. But now after saying that, it is still a business and I think you gotta be conscious of it, you know? So yeah. if I was gonna do, if I would make, the only change I would make would have been, I would have gradually, slowly increased my prices more steadily, you know? That would there be, go. definitely. There we go. Yeah. Your mic dropped. <laughs> so not real philosophical, right but <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a great point. Cause I think, uh, yeah. you know, you have to understand your value. Right. And, and then I think another thing that a lot of trainers and personal yeah. and gym owners don't realize is that people value things that are more expensive and that's the truth. So yeah. 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 I, and uh, it's a hard thing to remember, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, but it's you. you. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's very true. That is very true. Dave, I appreciate the insight there. Look, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But guys, before we sign out, I mean, please, if you have any social media, Facebook, website, shout it out and let people know where can they find out more about you guys and the gym. So that would be our website, which is tribucofitness.com. Last name is T-R-A-B-U-C-C-O, fitness.com. Um, and all the contact info and stuff is on our website. There we go. There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you guys can accomplish down the road. If you guys don't mind sticking around for like two more seconds, just like you know how you can get the podcast, I'd appreciate it. I'm just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out of here. Okay. Great. Thanks. Awesome. We appreciate yep, it. No problem. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.